What is this great conversation you're about to hear? Hello everyone, this is Debbie, host of the High Art on the Edge page. I'm an online event planner that supports artists' work from all over the world. They create the product. I help organize and execute a memorable event on social media for their fans, family members, and friends. In addition, I host surprise events where online friends and I examine the artist's work. What do Beastie Boys, Talking Heads, and Blondie have in common? They're all considered to be known as highly influential bands from New York City. Let's not forget about The Walkman. This phenomenal group of talented musicians has released infectious music since 2002. In this entertaining conversation with music podcaster, photographer extraordinaire Jeremy Shatton, we discuss thoughtful lyrics, concert experiences, and even silver and gold metal tracks from all six of their albums. So grab yourself a drink, have a seat, sit back, and enjoy today's discussion on what makes the Walkman so passionate, fiery, and full of Big Apple swagger. Hello, everyone. This is W, host of the High Art on the Edge page. Today, Wednesday, December 13th. Happy holidays. We are here to honor for surprise number 21, and it's going to be a beauty. We are shining a beautiful spotlight on a band that I have come to love over the years, and they have been together for a good 20 years, and they released some incredible albums, and what we're here to do is to kind of put their albums under an x-ray. We're going to share some of our silver and gold medal tracks. We're going to talk about possible concert experiences, merchandise, you name it. And of course, we're, we're talking about the Walkman. And uh, I'm going to bring in a co-pilot, a friend of mine online, Jeremy Shatton, who also has um, great experience with music, as you're going to learn. And he has his own podcast called An Earful, and he can share that right now. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, you know, it's it's been a long time coming here. I remember asking you to do this three or four months ago, and yeah. now we have arrived. And um, I have to ask you, well, first, give us a little background about um, an earful and kind of what you do as far as uh, your love for music. Well, I think I've been a music obsessive since I was about 10 years old. Started a little earlier than that, but that's when I really started focusing on what I liked and trying to find more of it. And I think that's what it's always been about, finding that music that gives you that feeling in, in your heart, in your mind, in your body. And so I started an earful because I just felt there was too much music happening that was not getting heard. And also everybody who knows me knows I like to give them an earful about music. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't cover things that are also very popular. Occasionally that does happen. Things cross over and if it's good, it's good. So I've been doing the blog itself for about 12 years. And this year I rebooted my podcast. I've been doing that once a month called Discover Music with an Earful, and I just share an hour's worth of talk and samples of songs or pieces. I listen to a lot of contemporary music by classical composers and ensembles and musicians, so that's always a portion of it. I guarantee you will not hear a more eclectic selection of music on any podcast. If you find it, 
if you listen to mine and you say, nah, somebody else is more eclectic, it's got more of a range than Jeremy Shatton, let me know. Real quickly, you also do some photography on the side. Is that correct? I do. I do. I, I had a 10-year career as a professional still life photographer. I've loved photography since I was probably 15. And having an iPhone at hand at all times means you have a great camera. And I just explore my views of the city, of nature. Those are the two things. Not a lot of people. It's buildings. It's trees. It's water. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. And I'm telling everyone right now when, while watching this video uh, to check out some of Jeremy's photos. Uh, really breathtaking, very reflective work. I've always appreciated the, the lighting that you get on these um, shots, mm -hmm. the angles. And uh, yeah, pretty astounding Thanks work. So and then I just, I just have to tell people that in case they're not aware of your connection to uh, iconic album cover, do you mind sharing a little bit about that? I did shoot the cover for Paul's Boutique using a panoramic camera in, that was 1989. Oh so that was a lot of fun. It turned out better than anyone expected. I feel no hesitation. I think I can even be humble and still say it's one of the greatest album covers of all time. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this question about the Walkman. Um, yeah. How would you describe them in two words? Fiery passion. And um, tell us your first experience with Walkman. How did they enter in your life? It's kind of a funny story. It goes back to the peak CD era when there was something called the BMG Club or Columbia House, one of those. I was a member of all those things because CDs were really expensive. So you had to find some way to start building a collection. If you, if you went to Tower Records, every time you went, it was like $20. It just it was really hard. So I was a member of these clubs where you get you know 10 CDs for a dollar and then you're supposed to buy one once a month or, it worked pretty well, though. You did end up saving a lot of money. And occasionally, they have these really great deals. So yeah. one day, I get the catalog. I'm flipping through. And it was in 2002. And they said, we've got a triple play of New York's hottest bands, 10 bucks for all three CDs. And I, one of the bands was The Strokes. Now, their album had come out a year earlier, but I'd only heard the buzz. At the time, I had young kids, and I wasn't going out to a lot of shows. I hadn't heard a song by The Strokes. And included in the, in the package was the first Strokes album, the first album by The Walkman, and the first French Kicks album. Mm. I had no idea what any of these were going to sound like, but I knew that there was a lot of hype around at least The Strokes. So I get the three records. Strokes album, as we all know, Is This It, is a perfect <laughs> record, in my opinion. It just goes from start to finish, and we played it all the time. Just love that album. Yeah. And then there was the French Kicks, who were kind of interesting because they were very keyboard-driven. And I thought that was a really good album. Wasn't really sure where they were going to go, and it turns out they didn't go very far. I think maybe they put out one more album after that. But the Walkman album, everyone who pretended to like me is, has gone. That had this it was almost a demo in a way just the way it was so live and alive and i just felt like the potential here is just unbelievable like her i think partly that was hamilton lighthouse's voice 
he really kind of does this caterwauling, just wild action painting kind of singing on that album. It's really all over the place. Nobody sang like that before. And was it always perfectly on key? Was it always in tune? Not quite, but it was just that excitement to me, that, that fiery passion that really just kept me going. And I was a fan, full stop. <laughs> OK, so let's go back post 9-11. 2002. This is um, their first album. Everyone who pretended, pretended to like me is gone. I'm going to give you some context on some albums that came out that year. Mm, mm. And please correct me if I'm wrong. So a lot of people consider Beck's masterpiece to be Sea Change. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the stripped down Leonard Cohen, <laughs> very reflective album. Then we had Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which again, yeah. some would say one of the greatest albums ever. Yep. And then we had a little band called Interpol. Yes. Yeah. So now we get the Walkman putting a stamp on, you know, the landscape of music here. And with this album, we get a real strong introduction into this garagey sound, this very raw sound. And it's very um, gritty. Yeah. So with this album, I'm going to ask you, what is your silver medal pick? My silver medal pick from this album is The Blizzard of 96. Mm. It's just such a beautiful song. I think in a way it, it calmed them down for a minute there and they, yeah. they, they focused a little more on creating atmosphere. But when you think about the track list, that was the fifth song and you're, you've sort of been knocked about and then that comes on and, yeah. and you're like, Oh, they have, they have range. Yes. And I also, now obviously I didn't know this at the time, but there is, I think a thread that goes through Hamilton's lyric writing, which is about like time and place. There's a lot of things that are very specific, you know, uh, what is that one Christmas, uh, no Christmas when I'm talking, you know, there's just this kind of, there's off or the new, in the new year, you know, there's just often this kind of calendar thing yes. that he does. And there you have the blizzard of 96. So I just like that song a lot. Okay. So I picked for my silver medal was I'm never bored. <laughs> and um, this is towards the end of the album, track 13, I believe. So what I loved about this song is that it has this electronic feel to it. And I get a, I'm get i getting a sense of, okay, Matt's drumming, that phenomenal beat patterns that he does. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I'm no drummer, so I can't speak to that. But 
I think the composition and the arrangements of this song, you get a really nice flavor of all of the band members working their own um, style and then coming together. Yeah. And um, Paul Maroon's glorious guitar work, absolutely love it. And then um, I love how that last 45 seconds to <laughs> maybe a minute, it has that real nice sonic swell to it. So that's why I picked that as my silver medal. So what is your gold medal pick for this album? I'm never bored. Oh. <laughs> Surprise. So, overlap. Overlap. That means that, that somebody's right. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Now, well, for all the reasons you, you said, it's just a great song. Have you seen them? I also play feel like, I'll just say that their ability to, especially on those earlier albums, to get a little bit abstract, a little bit avant-garde, a little bit almost theatrical, like, we're not just going to play verse, chorus, guitar solo, right. you know, we're, I like that art rock side of them. And I think I'm never bored has some of that. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to hoist up my gold medal and we are going to do and pick a song called we've been had. <laughs> now yeah, I know this, this might be the obvious pick and I yeah. get it. It was in a commercial <laughs> when they, when they play it, you know, people kind of go nuts. I get it. But see, this song to me, <laughs> it goes back to my second adjective and how I would describe their sound. <laughs> it's that fucking swagger. <laughs> yeah. And so that's where I, I get a sense. Like if I had never seen Hamilton perform that live in concert or on YouTube clips or anything like that, I could always imagine there's this a rhythmic rhythmic feel to it. There's this childlike sound to it with the twinkling piano notes from mm. Palmer. And I read or I saw an interview where they talk about this song, and I believe this is one of the first songs they ever recorded. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer asked Paul and said, where did you come up with the piano riff? <laughs> and he goes, well, you're, you're familiar with Randy Newman. And the guy goes, yeah. He goes, that's what I was trying to go for. <laughs> so Fascinating. it's it's a beautiful, and I just, I, I absolutely adore that song. And like you said, Jeremy, it doesn't take me back to a moment in time. What it does is I could be anywhere listening to that song and I'm going to hit the repeat button. And let's not forget. This phenomenal album cover. <laughs> uh, by Lewis. Wicks on there. <laughs> Um, the great photographer that I learned in doing my research. I don't know. Oh, if yeah, Lewis Hine, right. Yeah. Uh, he was a teacher. I'm all for teachers in New York City. And that um, he did, I think he did a lot of work for, um, for child labor laws. Yeah. Okay. He exposed a lot of horrible living conditions, yes. horrible working conditions, worked in the tenements of New York City. We studied him in school. 
Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. I'm, was it him who did the book, The Other Half? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It was either him or one other guy. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, one of the central inventors almost of photojournalism. So, social landscape. So, are you as captivated by this? Photo well, I, I loved it because it has the attitude of the album. Yes, but it's a hundred years old. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy that way. It looks it, it managed to ride that line of just being completely contemporary while being old. <laughs> so we're gonna hop on over to a different lily pad, moving two years ahead, and uh, we're gonna go to Bose Placeros here, and. Um, this so i love giving context of albums that came out that that year so let me give you three here uh of course the indie juggernaut <laughs> the indie darlings that year were uh, arcade fire and that was the funeral album or funeral mm -hmm. that took the world by storm i remember that it did then we had seven swans by sufian stevens mm-hmm and then one of my favorites was Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the double album, the Lair of Orpheus and Abattoir Blues. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm just going to push back slightly on that, if you don't mind. Yeah. Only because I had a very different 2004 than would be okay. sensed by those albums. Besides the album we're about to discuss, there was Kanye West, mm. the college dropout, constant listen for me. We also had Iron and Wine. Oh, nice. Our Endless Number Days, just an absolute beautiful album. And A Ghost is Born, another Wilco album that on most days is my favorite Wilco album. So now with Bows and Arrows, now we get a little bit more maturity and sound. Mm -hmm. We get more of the kind of power-driven guitar, anger, snarl, <laughs> rageful. <laughs> we get the dis we get the dissonance, of course. This album to me, like the cover, um I just feel it's just these these young men banging these tunes out. <laughs> and it's to me it's 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 definitely one of their moodier albums mm. it's got yeah. some wild mood strings in there so um i gotta ask you what's your silver metal track my silver metal track would be new year's eve <laughs> it's just another one of those songs that puts you in a place of an event a family gathering a, a time of transition that, that Hamilton is just so good at capturing in his words. And, you know, the, the, like you said, the whole album is just, it just goes. Yeah. It's, it's really a rush. And, you know, I can't really say a ton about it, but I'll, I'll have more to say about my gold pick, but it, it just to me is a song that stood out. So for me, in terms of my silver metal track, this was hard. This one I had a hard time, but it actually is the last track and the, the album title. Mm. Um, 
And so when I was at Tower Records, I had, didn't realize uh, when that last song came on that it was going to be the final song. Mm. And I remember thumbing through CDs at that time, and I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And then the album ended, and I forgot whatever album he put on next. So that, that song has always stood with me, and I love – there's some great indie jingle jangle on there. There's that shimmery <laughs> guitar work that really kicks in. And I love that sonic full throttle, high octane, like strap in fuckers. We're going to take you just down. We're gonna, <laughs> we are just going to have some just this amazing um, uh, experience with foot on the pedal. All right. We stand on the gold medal platform. What is it for you? <laughs> well, this might seem like an obvious pick, but the rat. Yeah. I mean, what a great song. To me, that's it's it's like somebody took Bob Dylan's Positively Fourth Street, you know, which starts with the line, You've got a lot of nerve to say you yeah. are my friend, right? No other song sounded like that in 1965. It's just so conversational and direct. But they take that song. And they douse it with lighter fluid. And then they throw a whole box of matches on that thing. And it just, I mean, the the heat on that song, that's the fiery passion I'm talking about. Just the heat behind it is incredible. And I remember there was some controversy, but I can't remember what it was here in New York anyway, because everybody thought they knew who the rat. Oh. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain and I couldn't really find any references to it. I was hoping to do a little more research on it, but I feel like it was somebody on the music scene or somebody did them wrong and they were just coming out of a bag on the rat. Um, and it's just so impassioned. He's just, you know, can't you hear me? You know, I'm at your door. <laughs> it's just such a cry for help and uh my gold medal track this was brutal because it was going to be the rat <laughs> but i almost didn't I, do it because i thought you would do it <laughs> i didn't do it because and of course it's a great song it's almost iconic in my opinion but there's another song that has a little bit more flavor to me for it. And that's thinking of a dream I had. Mm. That's track number 10. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got that kind of hypnotic quality that we get into later bits mm -hmm. of some of their work. It, the arrangement seems a little off to me. <laughs> And I feel like it's one of those songs like, where are we going with this? But I'm loving it. I'm, I'm trusting this. Um, and then it moves you. You're on these train tracks. And then it moves in this high, entirely different sound. And then it goes back to its regular sound. And so what I love is that it just, there's all these things, all these moving parts. And they somehow pull it all together. <laughs> and uh, I will have to say that um, I love that. Yeah, it is over four minutes long, but it never feels that way to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yeah, thinking of a dream I had was my gold medal pick. But I mean, Jesus, I mean, you ask yeah. me tomorrow, great, it could be the rap. Great stuff. It could be the rap people. So. Hmm. And this is 2006, 100 miles off. And I'm going to yeah. give you again some other albums that I really enjoyed that year. And um, so, well, of course, we had the debut, I believe, of Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then we had the sprawling, epic, almost biblical 10,000 um, 10, Days, the Tool album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I was definitely we, rocking that one. <laughs> yeah. Or should we just say Tool? And then we get Tom York, um, The Eraser. Yeah, fantastic album. So if you have any three from that year, if you want to share, go for it. And I mean, now with this album, 100 Miles Off, we get more of the crooning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I almost feel like it's a throwback to their first album a little bit. It's a little bit more colorful. Um, but to me, the standout, I love all the players on this. But to me, this is Matt Barrick's album. I just love the drumming. Um, I think it's just phenomenal in the sense that the variety. Um, we, I feel like he's really pounding away and coming into his own. Yeah. So what is your silver medal track? My silver medal track on this is, hold on a second. <laughs> Emma, get me a lemon. Nice. It's just such a surprising, the song title draws you in right away. Yeah. And you're just wondering what this is all about. And I do agree. I think this album, I think that there may have been a point where people are like, okay, I'm kind of done with the Walkman now. They're just, you know, it's, it's, it's not the great leap forward that Bows and Arrows was. It, it is a little bit of a holding pattern in a sense. It has a different mm -hmm. flavor, but I just, you know, it's uh, uh, just such a great, you know, Louisiana is such a great song. I mean, that would have been a very easy one to pick. But I just like Emma, Get Me a Lemon. Okay, so for me, so, crossing through Tennessee, watching the sunrise, thinking about a dream, we'll all listen all night to the footsteps. Of course, <laughs> I'm talking about Louisiana. Yeah. So, okay. So it is it's a phenomenal opening track. It's a great, what I always love, the kickoff track, right? Like for a football yeah. game. And you give me those horns, you give <laughs> me that brass, man. And it's, there's nothing hokey about it. I'm all in, chips are there. So yeah, I just absolutely love that song. And I believe when they came to San Francisco um, on the Heaven Tour, I believe they had played that song and oh I just love that brass section. So good. So Yeah, that was a that was a nice touch. I mean, you 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 know, that was something a little bit new for them, I think on that album. Uh, well, there it, and it directly is is in direct line to um that again, that swagger. I feel like that song yeah. has swagger. So, what is your gold? My gold is another one goes by. Mm. Just, it's one of those songs that has a little bit of that grandeur that in the new year had on the first album. Yes, just takes you to a 
you know, just an atmospheric, smoke-filled kind of place. And it's funny because I often think about Paul Maroon as, you know, this amazing inventive guitarist, which he is, but he does play a ton of piano on some of these tracks. Uh, I actually have to look and see on here who was playing the piano on that, but it's just so, so good. It's hard yeah. to read Hamilton's handwriting here. Yeah, Paul Maroon, lead guitar and piano. And and uh, Peter plays organ. Yeah, you know, the way they arrange all those elements is just so unique, I think. And, and, and you know, you can tie them back to the, I mean, in a way you could call this their Americana album with the horns and Louisiana and just, you know, that kind of thing going on, but they really don't sound they really don't sound precisely like anything else. You can hear the Dylan influence. You can hear the Sinatra influence, that swagger you're talking about, even going back to that, or, you know, someone like Sammy Davis Jr. even, you know, just kind of holding a cigarette and letting it rip on your ex-lover or something. You know, it's just, it's kind of all there, but they really don't sound anything like that. Like if Frank Sinatra heard them, he would be like, this isn't even music. He wouldn't be able to see the through line, but we can. <laughs> no, that's a great pick. And I think for me, also, I wanted to say that I think um, I love some of uh, Hamilton's lyrics. Um, so this exactly. is my gold medal pick. Heard a siren in the air, high above the city's sky, over towers, over domes, and the sun was shining out, cast my shadow on the walk. And that is good for yous, good for me. <laughs> and that is my gold medal pick. And I, it kind of goes back to uh, my um, gold medal for, or my silver medal for the previous album. Um, I think this song is just layered beautifully. I feel mm -hmm. contextually, it, it really has, it has the melody. Um, and I think you're absolutely right with Paul Maroon with regards to his piano playing that, I didn't fully appreciate it until I saw him play with Hamilton on the Dear God, I think it was the Dear God Hamilton Lighthouser tour. And it was just the two of them. And Paul just played off to the side and Hamilton did his singing. I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> and you, 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 he, he stepped away from the guitar and tickled you know, his fingers on the ivory keys. So. We go two more years here, <laughs> you and me. And um, okay, Vampire Weekend. We had this artist by the name of Adele. 19 was the album. And my goodness, I think I have to do a event on this band in 2024. One of my all time favorites. This is TV on the radio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dear Science. Yeah, what a great record they are. Oh, oh my. What a great band they were. You know, I never got to see them live. It's so <gasps> exciting. Oh, you love them. So do you have any uh, albums from 2008 that you really like? 2008, we had Portishead, right. the self-titled album, which was so astonishing in the way it just put scorched earth to all the this is music for lounges and and hairstyling places. Not to say that the records were great, 
but they were just so good in those kind of chill settings. Yeah. This yeah. was a brutal album, had probably more in content, more in common with Scott Walker than Stereo Lab, you know. Uh, and then you had the Fleet Fox's debut, just an absolutely apocal debut, at least in my house, hearing White Winter Hymnal on Morning Becomes Eclectic. Oh, and yeah. then I actually bought the CD in a Starbucks. You remember when they used to sell records? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well. <laughs> so so good and I'll, I'll pick something that's just a little bit i love that that tv on the radio album is just incredible but for me for my money the best thing paul mccartney ever did came out in 2008 in this century that is best thing he ever did in this century was his second album with youth as the fireman electric arguments right, so we go to you and me to me, this is their most emotional. This is the pathos. This is mm. the album I'm so drawn to with feelings. This is where I feel like Hamilton really stretched his vocal acrobatics. This is where I feel like the songwriting has gotten really tight. Mm. Um, there's that, they, they still have that guitar-driven angsty sound at times. But I feel like some of the songs are now slowing down in tempo. Mm -hmm. And they're really showing more maturity in terms of the quality of music here. And I feel like it's a kind of a growing up album. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they also, they were, I think, saying the same thing you just said, probably, but they were able to employ a little more subtlety. When you yeah. think about the textures on the album, combination of textures it's not all just everything played at full volume or everything is kind of distorted <laughs> you know what i mean because that's on, on the other albums it was always kind of like everything is just in the red whereas this there's <laughs> yeah. like these soft sounds combined with those high volume sounds and it's just a beautiful sound i i think one thing i can compare it to is maybe something like the velvet underground's third album mm. where there's this softness to it, but then there'll be like a jangly thing on the top. Right. It's just a great combination. It, it's almost three-dimensional, you know, beautiful sound on that record. Gold. But what is your silver? My silver, once again, in the new year, you know, it's that's a song that I'm always quoting and putting on Facebook when it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> you know, it's just, I just, I think maybe I'm gonna make a playlist of just, Hamilton's calendar or Hamilton's you know, events <laughs> or whatever. It's just, it's so interesting that it's not something you find that often when you think about what most songs are about. He just has a different thing that he's singing about. He has different concerns than a lot of songwriters. So I, I just dig the way he will just pick these things that everybody can relate to in this way. Yes. And spin on it. Yes. It's almost like he's trying to create a songbook yeah that will that you can go along your your days with oh okay well, right. well here's my silver medal um and i'm just like you i've never heard the bad news and i never will we won by a landslide <laughs> our troubles are over my sisters are married to all my friends that's how it started so my silver medal is in the new year <laughs> our first overlap there um oh my god it's just 
So as I alluded to earlier, um, this is, I, I just get a sense. Now we're starting to hear the maturity in his vocal work. We're hearing the incredible range and he's learning. He's really, I feel like he's really applying what he learned from the previous albums. I have no idea if he worked with a vocal coach. I, I, I don't even care if he did or not, but I feel like he has, he's applying um, experience to this, to the work here. So yeah, that's my silver medal. All right, what is your gold? My gold is the opening track. Ah. Donde esta la playa? Yes. It's a fantastic introduction to the album. It has those soft sounds. You know, instead of coming in going 100 miles an hour, they come in in this kind of reflective, very, very rhythm oriented. Yep. And, you know, just the opening words, it's back to the battle today. But I wouldn't have it any other way because tonight will be crazy as kooks. I'm dancing <laughs> this lovely wooden floor. The tom-toms are beating on. Eyes are so sore. I mean, he, he, it's not like he's singing from a place of memory and imagination at the same time. It's just so, so beautiful. And I just, I love the sound of that song. And you kind of yeah. knew that they were, they had moved into a new realm. <laughs> My gold, I don't know if you saw the poster that I did for our event. My gold is on that poster. I tried to find something that had that feel to it. <laughs> and this is actually one of my top three Walkman songs of all time. The riptide is pulling me under. I'm drifting, drifting away. Tomorrow the sun will be brighter. The water will rise and wash us away. The stars are cold and the air is bright. And I see you now and you shine like the steel on my knife. So I'm talking about this epic, heartfelt tune called The Red Moon or Red Moon. Mm. Oh, I, I really believe. So it's one of those songs, Jeremy, that I could be in Monterey. <laughs> I could be in London. I could be in, in Washington. If I hear that song, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me deeply reflective. Um, it's a fucking beautiful song. And again, <laughs> it was peppered with some of the, the brass section. Mm -hmm. And when you sit, when I saw that song live, that just, that did it for me. I'm like, okay, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all yours. We're going to hop on in a different country. <laughs> uh, this is their Valentine to a little place called Lisbon, huh? Yeah. Um, this is 2000, yeah, 2010. And I'm going to list three of my favorite albums that came out the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so The Opus. Gorillas Plastic Beach album. Mm-hmm. One of my, this is my second favorite national album, mm. High Violet. So, High Violet. And then, my goodness, this is happening by LCD Sound System. 
<laughs> well, so what is that for you? The, the heaviest hitter of all from that year is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Kanye West. I had lost faith in him after 808s and Heartbreaks, but then he started sending out these free Friday, you know, the Good Friday songs, and I subscribed to them, and a lot of those were really good. And then when the album came out, it just blew my mind. I, I, it's just so good. It's so pissed off and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> I love it. Another good album from that year would be, well, you know, not only albums, but I made two really important discoveries that year. Holly Miranda, she put out a song called Slow Burn Treason. Okay. This one song that is so captivating and hypnotic, I put it on repeat. And in fact, Kanye West, this is back in his blogging days, he put this song on his blog. It was like everybody listened to it. I I I found her through the New York Times, believe it or not. And then there was also a band called Breton, and they put out this song called "The Well" that year. A British band, UK band. They squatted in an old London bank building and created these <laughs> mysterious songs. Nobody knew who they were, or what they looked like. I ended up meeting all of them, becoming pretty good friends with a couple of them. Nice. A couple of years later. But they had this song called The Well that I heard on a sampler from a music distribution service. It just floored me right away. They're they're one of the most underrated bands of the century. They broke up now, but they had so many great songs. So again, we're moving in mature sound here. This was an album where they kind of step put their foot off the pedal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it definitely. I mean, it definitely had some of that swagger, should I say? Yeah. But it wasn't as ferocious. And I, well, I think again, it's also interesting to note that it was this the first time that they worked with an outside producer. John Congleton is his name. John Congleton, who is a very noted indie rock producer, if you will. He's worked on a lot of great records over the years. Everything from Angel Olsen, Anthony and the Johnsons, Bill Callahan, wow. Moses Sumney. I mean, he really has been all over the place. What was your silver? My silver pick, yeah, it's really, really tough <clears throat> on this one. I would go with Victory. Mm, yes <laughs> you know it's once again he's he's just he's just singing about different things and taking different stances than other people are doing at the time yeah and and even today just the idea of calling a song victory and 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 singing and being so triumphant about it you know it's just kind of, um but it's also the way there's a kind of motion to it you know where it's just kind of victory yes you know just it flows in this way that I was listening to it while walking around in the park the other day. And I was just like, you know, you're like shaking your fist. And <laughs> so the phrasing, yes. I, I, yeah. That's great. The phrasing, the melody. This was, yeah, great pick. Um, so for my silver medal, this is really neck and neck with <laughs> it's, it was Angela Sur City. <laughs> but. I have to go back to the brass sound. <laughs> and this is a song, this is like, I just thought of this when I, I 
when I listen to it over and over, it reminds me of the Pogues. And God bless our dear friend, <laughs> Shane McGowan. It's the perfect sing-along song. And of course, I'm talking about Stranded. <laughs> Again, that was a song that really took flight when I saw them perform it live. Mm. And I don't know if you've noticed this, if you've seen him, that, them live or on or in video, Hamilton holds the microphone. So he holds it like, he holds a cord way down here and he holds the mic, but the way he holds it is with tremendous, like he's got this vice grip on it. Mm. And I love the confidence. And when you know he's going to belt out a tune, he's got the barbaric yop, as Robin Williams would say. Yeah. <laughs> when he when he sings Stranded and he really stretches those chords, you just got – you have to marvel the fact that he still has chords left. Mm. <laughs> and he hasn't done serious – I'm sure he's done some damage. <laughs> But yeah, this is my silver medal track, and God damn it, I love it. Good. Yeah. All right, gold medal. Well, like you, I had a, a tough choice here. Blue as your blood, I thought was going to be it. It's what a gorgeous song when those strings come in. It's just spine tingling. But I have to go with "Woe Is Me." Oh, I think that on that song, he started to get in touch with something incredibly elemental. There's not only the Sinatra swagger, there's like the Buddy Holly. Okay, yes. Just this bedrock kind of melody. Yes. You know, the way the song opens, there's a girl that you should know. She was mine not so long ago. The way the lyrics and the melody are so tightly knit together. It's just a freaking masterpiece. And it could have been written 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. He's starting to get into this mode that I think of as the troubadour, where you're just kind of out of time and out of space. You're not, he's not making 2000s music or 90s music or 50s music. It's just, and I do think there is something uniquely American about him. There are, there are the howlers out there, right? There are the screamers in, in music. But there's no one like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no one like Hamilton in that regard. Um, okay. So I'm going to actually, for this gold medal, I'm going to get pretty heavy here. And we're going <laughs> to see why really quickly. Um. 2012, I was driving to school. It must have been December 16th, I believe. I used to go into school on weekends and get work mm -hmm. done. It was so great for me because I got to play all the music I wanted. I wasn't getting harassed by kids, teachers. You know, it was just my time of really getting work done, grading, whatever. So I'm driving to school. And my mood was so somber. Hmm. And I get into the classroom, and it was winter time, and it, the classroom must have been 55 degrees. It was freezing. For Californians, that's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and I laid down on the floor, 
and and nobody was at school. It was just me. And it was raining that day. And I looked up at the ceiling and I thought to myself, how the hell could someone go into a school and shoot children? Oh, yeah, don't even, don't even, yeah, that's just not. And when people have asked me over the years, like what has been the most impactful years as a teacher? I've told them some stuff, but I always bring up Sandy Hook. Yeah. And so I'm getting to my gold medal point here. <laughs> so I just happened to have the Walkman, this album on, mm -hmm. and it landed on when I shovel the snow. <laughs> and I remember staring up at that ceiling, questioning humanity, questioning men, mm -hmm. questioning where have we, where have we, where have we gone wrong? Now that's a whole different conversation. Yes. And then the video that accompanies that song, mm is so moving to me mm. all the snow the slow motion yeah and again it brings the tempo it brings the house lights down and it really focuses on the quietness of how, how, how strong they can be under that blanket of, mm. of, of stillness and so that song to me it will always be directly tied to Sandy Hook. Mm. And as a teacher, as an educator, you merge art with an event like that. I can't think of anything else. So that's why I can't just listen that song. If I were at Disneyland and went back to the hotel, I couldn't just listen to that song. Mm -hmm. But does, have, does the song help you move forward in some way? Or? No, here's no, that's a great question. So here's what the song does for me and did for me. I think it did more than that. What it did was it it forced me to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Again, those questions that I brought up earlier, and it forced me to change the complete trajectory on how I work with elementary school children. Hmm. Unbelievable. And what I mean is by I've always valued children's lives, of course. I've always tried my best to connect with them. But after Sandy Hook, what it compelled me to do, Jeremy, was every child in my classroom, I don't care how brilliant or non-brilliant they are, mm -hmm. they are going to feel welcomed. Mm. They are mm. going to feel cared for. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to challenge them. I'm going to push them. I'm mm -hmm. going to raise the bar for them always. Yeah. I will never dumb down the curriculum to meet their right. needs. But I will always make it a habit from that moment on of making sure that I look them in the eye when I talk to them. I address them by their nicknames. I all nicknames. That's what it did for me. All right, so we are now exiting Lisbon, and we are traveling a little bit north, maybe. 
toward heaven. Um, this is, of course, this is uh, the 2012 album, Heaven, producer Phil Eck. And uh, I just picked some albums real quickly. Beach mm. House, Bloom, Frank Ocean, Channel Orange. Absolutely astonishing record. Yes. And then, oh, this next one, The XX, Coexist. How about you? Any uh, 2012? Well, albums? Frank Ocean, we can definitely agree on that. Just one of the great, great albums. Absolutely incredible. And then there was Father John Misty for me. Wow. Your Fun came out that year. Yeah. I, I was already knew about him from the Fleet Foxes, and then I had followed up on and listened to all the Jay Tillman albums. Then this comes into my inbox, and I was like, what is he doing? This is crazy. <laughs> but it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got to see him live, his first appearance as Father John Misty in New York City at the Mercury Lounge, one of the great shows. We also have Killer Mike, R.A.P. music, rap music, one of his best albums. I, actually, I think it is his best album as a solo artist, produced by LP. But you know, then that whole Run the Jewels thing happened, and it's it's not been quite as good ever since. Another one I would mention would be Tempest by Bob Dylan. That was an oh. album that really startled me with how good it was. I listened yeah. to that all the time. But 2012 was actually kind of a killer year. I could go on. A really important thing happened to me before 2012, which was in 2011. I got to see The Walkman for the first time. What they played, they did a tour with Flea Foxes and they played in the Williamsburg waterfront. I can't remember who played, I think The Walkman played first. There may have been an opening band before them, but it was just so cool to see them for the first time. And they had that swagger. Hamilton is just one of the best front men. I think he was wearing a suit, you know, he looked great. And there were there were women who were literally ready to tie the knot that night. <laughs> you know, they would be yelling at him. You know, Hamilton, marry me. <laughs> it was so it was so much fun. And then Fleet Foxes are just you know absolutely incredible. And that's when Jay Tillman was still in the band. And the, the interplay between him and Robin Pecknold was very you know cute and funny. And they're because they're both very witty. And mm -hmm. if any, if there was any downtime, one of them would start cracking a joke. But what a great show. And then in 2012, we got this heaven. And I had some theories as soon as I pressed play. <laughs> <laughs> I had theories about Robin Pecknold and Hamilton Lighthouser hanging out. Because Robin Pecknold, to me, just has this, obviously, any great singer like that takes work. Right. But there's a naturalness, there's an open ease to his singing. And I almost felt like, you know, they say Robert Johnson went to the crossroads, met the devil, became a great guitar player. I think Hamilton Lighthouser met Robin Pecknold and it helped, helped his singing somehow nice. or other. Yeah. I think, there, I think there was a connection there. When you think about their music is quite different mm -hmm. but the fact that they worked so well together as, as a concert bill i thought was really interesting maybe it just ties back to that american 
Americanness of of it all. You know, they're both great American bands. Yes, absolutely. So, with this album, which I truly adore, <laughs> what is your silver medal? <laughs> yeah, my silver medal is line by line. I have a theory that there's a run of three songs, and line by line is in the middle of it, and I think it's their greatest run of three songs. Yeah. This is when I think they, they even got even further than Woe Is Me into this kind of elemental troubadour thing that I'm talking about, where it becomes just engraved in time when you think about the way he sings the song who is he talking to is he talking to himself now i know how the story goes the wicked all will die and then how do you know it is that him talking to himself is he talking to his children or some children and he says i just know it and he says i know i've seen how this whole thing ends the honest man survives how do you know it i just know it it's kind of something you would tell a child in a way everything's mm -hmm. going to be okay yeah. but there's there's also this like haunting quality to the melody of it yeah and then when it comes to the chorus line by line we all scrape by i mean it just floored me yeah. and i remember playing it in a house full of family up in the berkshires we were up there for a weekend this was pre-pandemic so you'd have you know 12 people all staying together in one house and I put on this record and my brother-in-law, he goes, I don't know if I even like this, but this <laughs> man is obviously the one of the best singers alive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he was just, he, 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 what, he hadn't found his center yet in the music, but he could just hear right away, oh my God, what a voice. And, and there was something about this album. Now, oh, we should circle back to my wife. Because it really was about the time of you and me when they did start, when they, they did put on the brakes a little bit. And that was her gateway album to the Walkmen. And then she became a, to love all their music, the early and the late, but especially the later stuff. And she was actually at that concert with Fleet Foxes, one of the greatest shows we ever saw together. She doesn't go to a lot of concerts. So that song, Line by Line, I just think there's something... He's in another zone. Oh, yeah. This is so. To be honest, this is the hardest album to choose for me. To <laughs> my silver. Um. Okay, so I mentioned I was a teacher, twenty plus years. Mm -hmm. uh, my students sang every day, <laughs> every day. They sang everything from Aretha Franklin to gorillas to the Walkman. <laughs> so last year was my last year of teaching. And I had a bunch of fifth graders that were off the chart. Brilliant. I just had I had the class. And I just threw on we would sing Brian Eno. <laughs> so I You're just threw on. <laughs> you are the man. <laughs> <laughs> so in the morning, we always we it was it was uh, morning warmups, and so I put on "We Can't Be Beat," and they, my students are like, 
I could look at their faces. They're kind of scrunching up like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I said, I'm never, I'm never interested if you guys like this song. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do with this song is help you understand music and appreciate mm -hmm. it. And if mm -hmm. you like it, that's a bonus. Great. Okay, so they, we, I played it. We went over the lyrics. We didn't talk about meanings or anything. It's very hard to do with fifth graders because of subject matter. Yeah. So anyways, a week later, I put on We Can't Be Beat. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the boys came up. And I'm like, okay, your turn. And I had this huge screen in the classroom with the lyrics scrolling through Spotify. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> They're getting into it. <laughs> I said, boys, you're done. Girls, match it or go higher. So the girls <laughs> get up there. And that part where everyone knows it's coming, <laughs> where he holds that note for 20 seconds, the girls nailed it. <laughs> I got goosebumps. And so we sang that song all year long. I would walk into the classroom, Jeremy. And I would go like this, so, and the kids would finish it for me. And I love we, it. We do it acapella. This is okay. incredible. That's not my silver medal track. And here's why. Because there's another <laughs> song called Song for Lee. And that's a song for last year's class. They could not get enough. I sing myself sick. I sing myself sick. They got so into it, the boys and girls. We sang that song on, we were on the second floor. Mm -hmm. We'd sing every Fridays to the administrators down below. And we were looking down and I'd bring my big, huge boom box and we'd sing over the song. Mm. And they, they loved. So we got to know that whole album so well. That's so beautiful. <laughs> All right, gold medal. Gold medal for me is song for Lee. <laughs> yeah, Woo! it's, it's it, another one of those songs that just touches the, <laughs> the elemental. So it begins another blessed hymn. Walk yes. around the world singing to my girl. <laughs> but the chorus, if you follow me where I'm going, might take some time, but you'd never know. My gun. This is one of his greatest lines ever. My gun still shoots and my bird still sings. These tricks are tricks I learned from a king. And I'm thinking, who is the king? Is it John Lennon? Because of And Your Bird Can Sing and Bang Bang Shoot Shoot, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Oh. I was wondering if he was maybe listening a lot to Plastic Ono Band or something. Oh. Like I'm thinking, what's the, the, those, that line is so specific. My gun still shoots. My bird still sings. I mean, it's definitely, I feel like it's got to be, you know, and then the, the, he has that, only he could get away with going rock to the rock, roll to the roll <laughs> in 2012. I mean, you know, that's almost like Stairway to Heaven, you know, when, when Robert Plant is, you know, <laughs> a spinal tap, you know, just a little bit of rock and a little bit of roll. But he gets away with it just, and and then when he goes into I Sing Myself Sick, I was literally seeing this in the woods the other day. I was like walking around the park. Was, I was like, I don't care if somebody walking their dog. Tough. <laughs> I didn't ask to see your dog. You didn't ask to hear my hear me singing. <laughs> but you just have to sing along to that. It just blew my mind. 
And I believe what this was the first Walkman album that actually hit number one. Now, on my blog. Now, I started the first year I did a top 10 was in 2009. So there weren't that many. I didn't do it for all the Walkman album. But when this album came out, I was like, this is the num this is the best album of the year, hands down. Here. Mm -hmm. So I had a student that um, we used to perform. This is back in 10, 2010. He got so nervous when he had to perform. Mm. He would hold the mic, he'd shake like this. Mm. And I told him, I said, after school, I said, hey, I know you like this song. I <laughs> see it. I see it in you. <laughs> Tomorrow, when we sing this song, I will turn down all, off the lights. I will put on, I used to have spotlights in the classroom. I will mm -hmm. put on the spotlights for you so you can't even see out in the audience because they're mm -hmm. so bright. Yeah. And I will be up there with you. I will be Peter Matthew Bauer. He didn't know who that was. You're going to be Hamilton. <laughs> and I'm going to bring the classroom up in the pit. So we created a pit for him. <laughs> I wanted him to feel like a fucking rap rock star. <laughs> yeah. And I said, can you go home tonight and just listen to this song as many times? I said, I, I, you don't even have to do homework for me. Just do this. He goes, okay, okay, Mr. Frederick, okay. So next day comes, we had 30 minutes left of school. I said, all right, we're going to perform as the Walkman. I'm going to be this person, Cash. I used to call him Cash. Cash <laughs> is going to be the lead singer. I want all of you to be in the pit. We're going to root him on. So he gets up there. I turn off the, turn off the lights, spotlights go on. And I tell a student to hit, the, hit it, hit play. <laughs> I had the spots on yellow. The song chugs. He's we're going through it. He's singing. I mic him up. Mm -hmm. He's singing with Hamilton. <laughs> All of a sudden, he takes the microphone off the stand <laughs> and he starts doing this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. He's losing. He, he's, he's, he's lost in the moment. Yeah. And then the girls are grabbing. They loved him. The <laughs> girls are trying to grab him. So the song that, that was what became our anthem for that year. It, awesome. it became, and that is this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. When the whoa, whoa, whoa part comes, <laughs> we used to sing with that. And I'd say, boys, take that. Or girls, take that. Or <laughs> I would say, everyone do it. Or boys, take the whoa, whoa, whoa part. And girls, <laughs> I want you to keep singing. Remember. Keep singing. <laughs> and I'd teach them about time signature. Wow. i say, if we do this right, we're going to nail it. We're going to nail it. And so we had, took a lot of training to do. But yeah, that became our number one song. We took it on the road with us anywhere we went singing. Mm. We're like a band of marauders. Just <laughs> I love it. So, and whenever they heard the part, all we fight for, they would go like this. These are little fifth graders and all we fight for. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is my, that is my number one 
track from that album. That is my number one all-time Walkman song. Did you tell the audience the name of that song? <laughs> What'd you say? Did you tell our audience the name of the song? <laughs> that would be heaven. <laughs> well, hey, this has been great fun. So much fun. Like Jeremy, I said, one of the best catalogs of our time. And everybody should know at least these many songs of the Walkman. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely post some of these songs for everyone to experience. Um, great. Everyone, my name is W, a.k.a. William host of the High Art on the Edge page. This has been a wonderful experience talking with Jeremy and him bringing all of his wisdom and knowledge, not only about the band, but also regards in regards to music. It's astonishing on what you um, can add to a conversation. I, I'm a big admirer of that. And you, one of the things I've noticed about you, Jeremy, is that you listen very well mm. to people in conversation. So I want to say mm -hmm. thank you. And thank you for coming prepared to this to this event.